Well, good morning, good evening, and good night. Not to quote the Truman Show all too much here today, this morning, people. Whatever time it is that you're watching, thank you for tuning in to this Easter Sunday. I'm your host, Nathan Smith, along with your host, Zach King. And we are going to be talking about the meaning of Easter. Zach, why do we celebrate Easter? Uh, to get chocolate from the bunny eggs. Oh, you're following that Veggie Tales theology, I see. <laughs> I know, I was being sarcastic. The bunny, the bunny, oh, I love the bunny. Get my bass-a-tone voice going today. Now, if y'all listened to our last podcast, you might have heard us tease that we might have a guest on this episode. Unfortunately, that uh, did not happen. That'll be uh, the next week. Um, yeah. We are, as I said in our last episode, we are going through the book of Job, but we decided that it would be nice to take a break. And celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. Totally not using it as an excuse because we didn't study. But, you know... We did we, study a little bit. We, we do need the opportunity to study, which is what our guest pointed out, and our guest is... He's kind of smart. He's kind of smart. He's, he's, he's got a couple smart in him. He's got some smart in him. Yeah. So, we thought we'd take the opportunity to talk about not just the resurrection, but also the, uh, the 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 events leading up to the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Right, Nathan? Yes, sir. All right. Both of us are in John, by the way. We turn, we both individually turn to John without even talking to each other. So that's, I feel like that's just God's providence to start in John. Oh yeah. Yep. Mm. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Pilate? Do you want to start with the betrayal? Do you want to start even before that with the high priest of prayer? Oh, okay. Where I'd like to start. Oh, okay. It's not a where. It's more of a who. I of a who I'd like to start with. Mm-hmm. Um. During the this, the events of the week leading up to Jesus's, you know, death and resurrection. Yeah. We meet several characters. We meet, um, you know... There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. We meet Pilate. We meet... Oh, Pilate. We meet some other characters, like some Roman, some Roman guards. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to start with a character we've actually met before this point. Uh-oh. Judas Iscariot. Oh, Judy. The traitor. Oh, yikes. Well, he kind of has a backstory, doesn't he? He does. What is his backstory, Nathan? Okay, so he was chosen as part of the original 12. Um, Jesus, knowing full well what Judas was going to do, still chose him anyways. Right. And Judas was in charge of the money box. And I believe it, it is John who says he was in charge of the money box and he was a thief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Judas was in charge of the money box, and he definitely stole. Uh, I'm trying to find the passage for that. Uh, where is he that he picks? It might not be in John. I'm, I might be I wrong. Think, I think it actually is, though. Um, hold on. Let me find this. I need to find this. Uh, 
Judas the Thief. Uh, oh, that's in Matthew. Is it Matthew 6? Hmm. 6.19, I think. Well, let's talk about where thieves break in. Oh, uh, Matthew 26. Okay, sorry. I was like, that, that doesn't sound like what? Um, 26.15. Says, the one of the twelve named Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest. This is uh, Matthew 26.14. Um, went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing to give me to betray him to you? And they weighed out 30 pieces of silver. And from then on, he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. So that's where Judas basically says, okay, I'm going to take the money. I'm going to take the bribe. Which, by the way, 30 pieces of silver was enough to buy a slave back then. Mm -hmm. It was a fair chunk of money. So, which fulfills one of the prophecies that Jesus had for, for, for his, you know... Uh. The passage we were thinking of earlier is John 12. John 12. Uh, John 12, 4 to 6. Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples who was intending to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for, there it is, sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? Now he said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. And then Jesus gives a political answer um, political not in the uh, uh, normal sense that we would think right. of it but political yeah. in the um, basically dancing around the subject um, he says let her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial for you always have the poor with you but you do not always have me Jesus handled that situation fairly quick. Uh-huh. Um, but Jesus knew what was going on, too. He wasn't going to let the money go to waste. All right. So, yeah. Um, John 12. Sorry that took a second to find. Yeah, it's all right. So, so at the very least, Judas is a man of questionable character yeah and as we saw in the passage of Matthew uh, he was he went to the chief priests he took that bribe yeah it wasn't the chief priests that came to Judas mm -hmm. it was Judas that went to the chief priests yeah it was the other way around yeah oh Judas so then Judas being Judas in John 18, um, well, starting 18.1, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the ravine of Kidron, of the Kidron, where there was a garden, and he entered with the disciples. Now Judas also, who was betraying him actively, um, knew the place, for Jesus had often met there with his disciples. Okay, what does that verse 2 actually kind of point out, Zach? It, let me turn there. I was in a different place, John. Oh, you're all right. 
Judas also, who was betraying him, knew the place, for Jesus had often met there with his disciples. There's two different things going on there. So the first thing is, okay, Judas at this point is actively in the act of betraying Jesus. But there's a there's a there's a past tense also put in here. Jesus had often met there with his disciples, which informs us that Jesus. Well, A, discipled his disciples, but we know that. But B, gives credence to location as to where to, you know, Find meet. Yeah. And so, looking at that, that's why we have places like churches and different areas of worship. Right. We gather together and we can be discipled and learn. Of course. Uh, so... I don't know. I thought it was just an interesting tidbit there. Right. All right. So, I'm going to go back in John a little bit. Okay. To chapter 14. Or not Whoa. chapter 13. Not, not chapter 14, chapter 13. Chapter 13, okay. Um, and this is where Jesus predicts the betrayal. So, uh, yeah. Judas yeah. has not yet gone and started betraying Jesus, although you could say mm-hmm. that accepting the bribe beforehand was already betrayal. Yeah, as soon as, honestly, as soon as the thought came into Judas's mind, it was a betrayal. Yeah. But uh, Jesus is, betra- Jesus in this chapter, is pre- in this part, in this passage, is protecting Judas arriving with the uh, guards mm-hmm. to come and arrest him. The Roman cohort, as it is often yep. referred to. Now, I'll start in for verse 21 of okay. chapter 13. Now, when Jesus said these things, he, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Mm-hmm. Will betray me. And the disciples looked at one another perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was one leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Mm -hmm. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom Jesus spoke. Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he, he said, Lord, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Mm-hmm. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. Verse 28, But no one at the table knew for what reason he said, he said this to him. For some thought, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus had said to him, buy those things we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. And I'll stop there. They didn't know what was going on. Let me be honest, y'all. The disciples have had shown a clear lack of understanding of what Jesus was saying at certain points. 
and they have shown a clear lack of understanding why Jesus was on earth. Yeah. They didn't understand. The, the, and here's the thing, too, though. We, I think we harp on the disciples too much. Right. The apostles. Because would we know any better if we were in their position? Probably not. No. If anything, we would be worse off. Right. And, and they really didn't get it until... After. After Jesus, you know, at the end of Acts chapter 1, beginning of Acts 2, they really didn't get it until that point. And then everything dawned on them, oh, hey, this all just happened. But that's, fa- that, that's going too far forward. Right. Um, that uh, 26, that verse 26 there, that is the one for whom I shall dip the morsel in and gave it to him. So he takes a piece of bread and dips it and gives it to him or something like that. Right. And then to, to uh, uh, Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. And then Satan had entered into him. So, okay, it hints that he was demon possessed. Let's let's park there for a second. Yeah, it doesn't just hint it; it full on says it. It full on says it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What does that mean, though? There are two things that that means. What does that mean? What do you think mm-hmm. that means, Nathan? Well, it means, well, a, he's not talking. Jesus is talking to two people here. Um. He's not just talking to Judas. I mean, Judas made his choice. Okay, let's be clear here. Judas chose to betray Jesus. Right. Okay. Right, right. And he had already, before this, um, Judas was already planning on uh, betraying him. In fact, it's actually written. um, Let's see. Yeah, uh, verse 11. For he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. Uh, If you look for the context of that verse 10, Jesus says, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. He's referring to the person he was talking to there. uh, He was referring to Peter there specifically, and you are clean. But then he looks over at all the rest of them and says, but not all of you are clean. Because he knew that one person was going to betray him. For, for further context, verse 11, this is Jesus washing the disciples' feet mm-hmm. for you. And Peter goes like, no, Lord, that's not, I'm not worthy for you to wash my feet. Yeah. You better wash the people's feet. That's what... That's what um, part of the point that Jesus is making there too. But then he says, not all of you are clean. Judas has already started to plan to betray Jesus at this point. So then, verse 27, after the morsel thing happens, it really just intensifies. That's really what happens. Satan is officially on the scene. Um... Judas chose the path of Satan at this point. And now Jesus is not only talking to Judas, but he's talking to Satan too. Right. Because Satan's there. Yeah. All right. To add on, here's a couple more things that means. Mm-hmm. So I, 
I am not at the camp, and I think you're 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 in this camp too. Uh-huh. I'm in the camp of a believer is incapable of being demonically possessed. Yeah, or possessed by a demon. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm with you on that. So, one thing that means is Judas was not a true believer. Yeah, uh, I don't think he ever was. I don't think he ever was either. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there is there. Um, I'm looking for, looking for some more passages here. Right. Because there are times that Judas actually speaks. Right. Um, one of the times Judas speaks is, I think in one of the other gospel accounts, mm -hmm. Uh, they they all ask him, "Is it I, Lord?" And Judas, knowing full well it is him, joins in. Yeah. Um. I just just recently I listened to John MacArthur's message on Judas or like about Judas's betrayal. He was going through the path, through Mark, and he got to the mm -hmm. point where Judas betrayed him. Yeah. And. Yeah, what was I gonna say? I don't know. Uh, you were talking about John MacArthur. I was talking about John MacArthur, and he said something. <sighs> Dang it! Ah, it'll come back to me. Yeah, it'll come back. I'm looking for more passages on yeah. Judas, but honestly, I, there's actually not a whole lot about Judas. Um, right. But yeah, regardless, Judas—he was a betrayer. He never actually. Oh, that's right. Truly believed. Did you get it? Yeah, I remember it. Uh, John MacArthur uh, makes the point that Judas was basically a master hypocrite. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Judas was so expert of a hypocrite mm -hmm. that the disciples never even suspected that it was him. Yeah. Um, which I think I think is a fair point to as a fair point to conclude, to conclude or to draw from the from the from the text. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just looking at God questions right now. There's a point made that Judas never calls uh, Jesus Lord or Savior. Um, the only thing that he calls him is Rabbi. Really, that's the only time that he's ever recorded. Uh, the only the only thing that he's recorded saying, um, and rabbi means teacher. Yeah, that's it. So Jesus calls not not Jesus Judas yeah. calls Jesus. Here teacher. we go. Here's the scriptural evidence I was looking for. John six sixty four. Uh, I'll start in, in 61. Jesus, conscious at the disciples grumbling at this, said to them, What does this co uh, cause you to stumble? What then, if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning 
who they were who did not believe, and that it was that would be, and who it was that would betray him. So the name isn't named, but it's pretty clear who would betray him. Well, there's only one that betrayed him. Right. So it's Judas. So Judas never believed. Right. So that's that's point number one. Judas yeah. was never a believer. Number two. Mm-hmm. This isn't an ordinary demonic possession. No. No, 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 no. Because if you look at the text... Back in 13? Back in, back in John 13, yeah. Mm-hmm. It says, Satan entered him. Yep. Not legion, not another na- unnamed no, demon. Literally, Satan... Satan himself entered Judas. The which means what which means, at least to me, that this was something of such importance that Satan himself mm-hmm. deemed it necessary to see to it personally. Yeah. I'm I'm just looking at some notes here. It says it was at the very moment of decision, instead of turning to Christ in penitence, Judas opened every avenue for the entrance of the evil one. Um, There was no longer place among the apostles of Christ for one who had given himself over to become an emissary of the spirit of evil. That's pretty pretty harsh. But it is what happened. Okay. Holy smokes! What do you think that that? What do you think that means, Nathan? Judas knew what was going on, and he chose it. Right. He chose it. That also means, like, at least for Satan, the Bible makes several references mm-hmm. to Satan being this lurking sort of predator who is just waiting mm-hmm. for a sign of weakness. Yep. Um, looking up a passage here. Right. Uh, oh yeah, let's start Matthew twenty-seven. So you you look at after uh, Jesus was delivered to Pilate um, in Matthew twenty-seven verse three, then Judas who had betrayed him saw that he Jesus had been condemned. He felt remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But then they said, but they said, what is that to us? See to that yourself. So, okay. Here is a point that nobody gets. And this is something that drives me up a wall, Zach. It drives me up. It really does. Short drive for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Awkward laughter. No. <laughs> hey. <laughs> there we go. But look at. So verse, verse 4 of Matthew 27 says, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. He never says, I have sinned by betraying my teacher I never sinned by betraying Jesus. I never sinned by betraying the Messiah. No, he says innocent blood. Innocent blood can be literally anybody who's innocent. Right. 
But then the chief priests say, what is that to us? See to that yourself. So the chief priests turn their backs now on Judas. And right. then in verse 5, says he threw the pieces of silver into the temple sanctuary and departed. And he went away and hanged himself. And the chief priests took the pieces of silver and said, it is not lawful to put them into the temple treasury since it is the price of blood. They conferred together and with the money bought the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. So, um, and then they call it the field of blood. Judas um, also failed at hanging himself. Yeah. I don't know if the rope broke or the ranch broke. It's never really stated. But it's all it stated is Judas fell and his guts. Like he was so bad at hanging himself for just everything in general that right. he couldn't even make the noose right. Right. Um, but yeah. I know, that's pretty rough. That's but it's pretty true. rough. But, um, um, I think that's in Luke that that happens. Yeah. I, I love but, it. but look at Here's my point, Zach. Um, sorry for interrupting. I just uh, want to, no, I want, no, you're good. This, this, this is the point. Judas didn't hang himself because he felt remorse for, for Jesus. He couldn't care less about Jesus. He betrayed... Uh, he didn't betray. He betrayed Jesus, but then he felt betrayed by the chief priests when they said, what's that to us about betraying an innocent person in general? He had just lost all the apostles that he had been with for the past, however, you know, at least three years. Right. And he lost Jesus. Now he loses the people that he actually worshipped, which were the chief priests. That's what happened. That's how the chief priests viewed themselves. They were the ones who were holier than thou and everything. So now they've turned their back on him. And then he commits suicide. It's not because of Jesus. It's because of the chief priests. So if I could paint an illustration right now. So, so Judas, let's illustrate what Judas must have been thinking. So let's dive into the mind of Judas. Mm. Quote, unquote. Mm. This is just my, how I see it. All right. Um, so, we are Judas. We have just betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, crap. Yeah. He was innocent. Yeah. There is there's all the evidence that Judas was probably at the trial of Jesus, right? Oh, yeah. He was probably there. He was there. So he saw... It's very clear. He saw what I like, what I like, what I like to call... The greatest injustice in human history. Actually, verse three it says, "Saw that he had been condemned, so he was there." He, yeah, yeah, he was there. He was there. So, but yeah, he, Judas witnessed the greatest injustice in human history, or one of them at mm-hmm. least. No, that that was definitely the greatest one. Yeah, of all time. Because they kind of condemned. Yeah, they condemned God. The, the guy who played made the plays. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, didn't so, turn out too well. He saw. They condemned Jesus. Crap. We're in the mind of Judas. We're thinking like Judas mm-hmm. as as much as we can, given out the information we have. Yeah. Crap. This entire trial was a farce. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. He is innocent. Yeah. But 
But he never admits who Jesus is. Right. To his dying breath, never admits it. Right. The amount of shame, guilt, it says he felt remorse. Mm-hmm. The, the weight of his remorse is starting to weigh down on him now. Yeah. It's starting to weigh on Judas, us as Judas. Go to chief priest. He was innocent. Mm-hmm. I have betrayed innocent blood. Yeah. Chief priest. Yeah. What is that to us? Yeah, the, the chief priests were just like, okay. He throws. So what? He throws the 30 pieces of silver. Yep. And runs out. Now, mm-hmm. we're Judas after the chief priest, after the conversation with the chief priest. Well, they were no good. They're pieces of crap. Yeah. They betrayed me. I can't go back to the site. The you, disciples. You, you couldn't go anywhere. I can't. I can't go back to the eleven. Peter himself will tear me from them from them. Yep. There's only one option left for me. Goes and hangs himself. Okay, yep. He wouldn't humble himself. He wouldn't humble himself. Oh. Let's make one thing clear, y'all. There was. Oh, the other account was in uh, John. Sorry, John nineteen. Right. Not Luke. John. Just want to clarify that. Right. Right. But yeah. Judas had ample opportunities to repent from from betraying Jesus. Mm -hmm. To not even betray in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm listening. Yeah. Yeah. Therefore, you know. Uh, Judas is going to be very much in pain. He probably is in very much pain right now. Mm-hmm. Got anything to add to that, Nathan? And Judas? In pain? Right. Uh, he's probably burning in the hottest spot that hell has available. Right. If you want me to be honest with you. Also, I'm wrong again. I keep trying to find that passage, and I thought I found it before, but it didn't. I All did right. not. All right. Um, All right. Where do we want to go next, Nathan, on our tour of events here? So. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Acts 118. Now, this man. Okay, I thought I was there, but I was not. Now, this man. I was was a book off, guys. I'm sorry. Now, this man acquired a field with the price of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst in the middle, and all his intestines gushed out. And it became known to all who were living in Jerusalem so that in their own language it was called Hekeldama, that is the field of blood. Um, so we got the yeah. field of blood soaked with the blood of the man who bought it with blood money. Mm-hmm. Now. You know, I feel bad for whoever owns that now. I'm just saying. Well, uh, actually, they probably feel pretty good. But <laughs> they probably don't know, to be honest. Actually, they I might. I think it's still marked out, if you want me to be honest oh, with yeah. you. Probably. Anyway. So, we had Judas. Judas. The the hypocrite who instigated the greatest... Who... Not instigated. Performed the greatest portrayal in history. But now, I want to talk about Pilate. Pilate. He is one of the most interesting characters in the Bible. 
Really? He's only mentioned in a few chapters of each of the Gospels. Right. But, my goodness, this he is one of the most complicated human beings, I think, that has ever existed. Right. Zach, I know we've talked about Pilate a fair amount. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start off with the presupposition, and I know that might be dangerous, but hear me out, and I think I can make a pretty good argument. I think... I really think the pilot got saved, either during or after the sentencing. There, there is. I think. I think it was. There is. There, I will admit that there is a possibility that he did, but it is not recorded. It's not recorded. Okay, let's just make that one thing clear. It is not recorded whether or not pilot got saved, but yeah. however, the possibility remains. Yeah. Um. There is, so, I, I'll say, I'll say neither one of us will be surprised if we do see Pilate in heaven. I, I would not be surprised at all. All right. Um. Anyway. So here, here we, here's the thing. So, uh, Pilate. Uh, trying to get down here again. Okay, so you see him before Pilate in John 18. They led Jesus from Caiaphas into the Praetorium. Uh, and it was early, and they hid themselves and did not enter the Praetorium so that they would not be defiled, but they but might eat the Passover. I think he's talking about um, uh, the apostles there. Um, and therefore Pilate went out to them and said, Oh, no, it was somebody else. I'm sorry, I was referring to the wrong people. Right. Therefore Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? Uh, they answered and said to him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. So Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. And the Jews said to him, We are not permitted to put anyone to death, to fulfill the word of Jesus which he spoke, signifying but what kind of death he was about to die. So Pilate's lost. He's just like, what? Um, What's the charge? I need a charge. And then they're like, well, but but we brought him to you, so just just, just kill him, please. Just laugh his head off, call it good. Yeah, they're just like, but 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 he, we wouldn't have brought him to you and, if he wasn't a troublemaker. And basically Pilate tells them to go away. Right. In verse 31. Which... Um, and then Pilate gets mad, so or annoyed, so he enters into the praetorium and summons Jesus to him and said, All right, bud, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own initiative, or did others tell you about me? So Pilate and Jesus are both annoyed. <laughs> right. Which, uh, side note, I kind of want to park on the immense illegality of the entire trial oh, of Jesus. Oh, man. But Oh, what a legal nightmare. That's that's a topic that I will separate and we will talk about here in a minute. You know, this would this kind of trial would never fly right. today. Um, this would never happen today. But yes, at this point, Jesus is annoyed. Pilate's annoyed. Everyone's annoyed. Pilate sends Jesus to Herod. Herod gets annoyed. Dude, dude, Jesus is like, okay... But but think about why he asked this, though. Are you saying this on your own initiative, or did others tell you? If Pilate was asking on his own initiative... Right. That's almost... An, that's 
or it, it would have been a rhetorical question. Right. At that point, it would have been or close to. I sh I don't want to yeah. make an assumption. It would be close to a rhetorical question. But he said, or but then Jesus adds, or did others tell you about me? If it's that way, then you know it's a legitimate question. Are you the king of the Jews? Pilate answers and says, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests deliver you to me. What have you done? So he's... This is the very beginnings of the legal nightmare. I mean, it's already been a legal nightmare, but it yeah, continues it, it continues. It just snowballs and making it worse. So Pilate asks the accused who hasn't been accused of anything, what they did wrong. Right. Um, if I were Jesus at this point in time, I would say, I did nothing. And then Pilate would say, well, yeah, because uh, there's no formal accusation here. Right. So Pilate's looking, he's fishing for an accusation. Right. So Which Jesus, is fair at this point, you're right. Oh, yeah. It's, it's totally fair. Um, this is one of the worst interrogations ever. And it's I not mean, even Pilate's fault. It's not even his fault. No, no. Um, so, Pilate himself admits that Jesus is innocent. Yeah, he's getting there. Um, he's, yep. he's almost there yet. Not quite yet, but he's almost there. So Jesus answers, we're still in John 18, verse 36. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. So Pilate said to him, so you're a king? And Jesus answered, You correctly say, or you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world, to testify about the truth. Everyone who hears, uh, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And then Pilate asks one of the greatest questions of all time. A question that rings to this day. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you wish that I release for you the king of the Jews? So Pilate's trying to fight for Jesus' behalf here. Right. Okay, Pilate's not accusing anybody yet. Right. Is that... Stop me if you need to stop me because right. I'm getting passionate, okay, bro? All right. <laughs> yeah. um, I know um, you got words to say, too. Yeah, I got words to say. <laughs> um, so before we get into the absolute legal nightmare oh. tangle that this this entire trial of Jesus is... Oh. is Trust me, it is a just. It makes you want to just throw your Bible. Yeah. You read it and you're just like, what kind of stupid? I can't. It's stupid. It's stupid. It, um, oh. I'm gonna fast forward a little bit past the trial of Jesus. Um, so I can't remember the exact passage if it's in John, but um, there is a Roman. So Pilate, mm -hmm. so so far we've had Pilate, yep, a Gentile, yeah, y'all. Pilate is a Gentile. A Gentile declare Jesus innocent. Yeah, 
The Gentile is declaring Jesus innocent. The Jews are mad. He has declared Jesus innocent. And if your presupposition is to believe Nathan, he eventually realized who exactly Jesus was and what he was here to do. And here's the other thing, too. Everyone tries to throw Pilate under the bus. Pilate didn't know who Jesus was prior to this, okay? He had no clue. It's pretty clear they Pilate have, is asking legitimate questions They to have Jesus. had no interaction up to this point. Why? Because Jesus had not then violated any Roman laws yet. Now put yourself in Pilate's position. You've got the chief priests and elders getting all mad at this Jesus guy, but they won't tell you why. So then Pilate has to break protocol and talk to Jesus directly. After talking to Jesus, Pilate says, Hey, morons. You didn't come to me with an accusation. Jesus isn't confirming anything. I find no fault in him. But there's a custom that you have to release somebody. So in order to get the heat off his own back, which I would absolutely do too, and so would you, he offers to give Jesus up at Passover because that's a custom or a tradition is what people might call that. Verse 40 of John 18, so they cry out again saying, not this man, but Barabbas. They wanted a robber. Um, And then Pilate takes Jesus and scourges him. And then it kind of, John kind of speeds through this a little bit. Um, And then verse 6 of John 19, so when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, crucify, crucify. And Pilate said to them, Take it for yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. And the Jews says, the Jews answer him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he made himself out to be the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he was actually more afraid. Mm-hmm. You want to know why he was more afraid? Because they were about to riot. Mm-hmm. And then he enters the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. So Pilate said to him, you do not speak to me. Do you not know I have authority to release you and I have authority to crucify you? Then Jesus said, uh, Jesus answers, you would not, you would have no authority over me unless it had been given to, given you from above. For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. So Jesus kind of absolves Pilate here. Ish. 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 Okay, so... Jesus is saying, okay, the authority has been given to you, but the person who gave Jesus to Pilate has the greater sin. Jesus sees the conflict going on in Pilate because there is a riot going on outside over this Jesus guy. So Jesus Pilate's is gone, screwed no matter what so he does. Legitimately, Jesus is like, is talking, when Pilate's talking to Jesus, Jesus is like, dude, I get it. You're not as responsible. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we can dive further into this legal mess. Oh, I, um, oh, I could go off on this, dude. I am um, going off on this. <laughs> fast forward to... Jesus, so Luke, I'm, I'm in Luke, Luke chapter 23. Yes, I was start, hoping you would. I'll start in verse 44 right now. Mm-hmm. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness all, all over all the, the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. 
more on that later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> later. And when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his left. He breathed his last. Mm -hmm. So Jesus has just died. Yeah. Verse 47. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, mm -hmm. saying, certainly this was a righteous man. Uh -huh. Two Gentiles, y'all. That's two Gentiles. Pilate and the Roman centurion. Yep. Pilate, who knew who knew laws well enough to be a governor over an mm -hmm. area, and a Roman centurion who pro probably wasn't as legally educated, right? Mm -hmm. But he knew enough to not get himself in trouble, right? Yeah. Both of them. Both of that's two Gentiles. I that's find insane. no fault in him. He is a righteous man. Mm-hmm. That's two people. That's two. But look, so if we keep going here, right? John 19, as a result of this, Pilate made efforts to release him. This is after Jesus' response, saying, you wouldn't have authority over me unless it had been given to you. Um, so Pilate tries to release him, and the Jews just keep saying, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. And then... Pilate gets really scared. So Pilate hears these words. He brings Jesus Jesus out, and he sat down on the judgment seat at the place called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about the sixth hour, so it's getting late. Mm -hmm. And he says to the Jews, Behold your king. So they cry out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate says, Shall I crucify your king? And then, this is one of the most interesting... I love the John account. The chief priest... I love all the accounts, but I love these details. The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Where is the loyalty? Is the loyalty of the chief priests with the God of the Old Testament that they would be referring to? Or is it with another man? It sounds like it's with another it's man. It's with another man. To be fair, Pilate was the same way. As soon as Caesar's name got brought up, he freaks. Right. But it's a little more understandable with Pilate because Pilate grew up in that society. Pilate grew up that Worshipping Caesar, right? Chief priest should have known better. Yeah. So. But he says, shall I crucify your king? Is Pilate starting to understand what's going on here? Or right. is he still kind of in the dark? I don't know. I really wish I knew what was going on in his mind. And then he hands him over. All right. Nathan, mm. sh shall we dive into this big old quagmire of nightmarish, just butchery of Jewish law, Gentile law, and oh. I'd even say modern law. I uh, dude. Here's what it is. Through the accounts. Uh-huh. 
through the, through all four accounts, and all four accounts have different puzzle pieces that we can mm-hmm. kind of p- put together and kind of get gauge this whole picture. Mm-hmm. The chief priests have butchered their own law. Yeah, yeah. The chief priests threw their own law away. They have butchered their own law. Because one of the laws was you can't have trial at night. They were trying Jesus mm-hmm. in the wee hours of the morning before mm-hmm. the sun had risen. Right. Yeah. Um, they try him. Then they try him just after dawn to save face, you know, to yeah. say, hey, we it was a fair trial. They, they try to. There is nowhere in the accounts where they have, they they not only bribe someone to to help them arrest him. Yeah. In Judas. Yeah. They bribe people to testify against him. Mm-hmm. So they didn't get any defense for him. Yeah, there was no defense. Um, then they take him to Pilate. Yeah. Pilate goes, "What the heck, guys?" and yeah. They're, they're like, hey, kill him. And Pilate's like, I have to have a charge. And we're like, and they're like, they just keep saying crucify him. Did you said keep saying crucify Pilate just goes, all right, enough. I washed my hands of this. Go kill him. And that's when Matthew 27. Um, Matthew 27, starting in verse 17. So when the people gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release to you for you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that because of envy, they had handed him over. So he knows. They know. He knows Pilate, their, Pilate, their uh, intentions here. Yeah. Okay. It, there is no bones about it. He knows what's going on. So, uh, verse 19. While he was sitting at the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man. That righteous man. Like, what? For last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. Um, what? Okay, so the wife is saying, I'm mad at Jesus because I had a terrible nightmare about him. But also, he's righteous. Um, So even the wife is saying that he's innocent. Right. And then the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and uh, and put Jesus to death. How would people might be persuaded, Zach? Might have been a little bit of money involved. Right. Hmm. So they start buying people off. They start persuading. They're using their fancifulness in order to persuade. And then the governor, Louis Pilate, said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they say, Barabbas. And then Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? And they all say, Crucify him. And he said, "Why? What evil has he done?" But he kept that they kept say, all saying, uh, shouting all the more, saying, "Crucify him!" And this is where we get the riot stuff. Right. This is where we get this from, guys. So when Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd, saying, "I am innocent of this man's blood. See to that yourselves." And this is terrifying. And all the people said, 
His blood shall be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas for them, but after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. How terrifying would that be? Especially if you're a member of that crowd and saw the veil get torn down. Right. What is the response of the people that happens after the death of Jesus? You brought up Luke 23 with the centurion. Well, the verse right after the centurion says, certainly this man was innocent. You look at verse 48. And all the crowds who came together for the spectacle, when they observed what had happened, began to return, beating their breasts. Um, some stuff was happening, guys. Let's look at what actually happened. So you have the crucifixion. You have the death. Um, and here we go. Matthew 27, verse 51. After Jesus yields up his spirit, he said, it says, And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. Um, the tombs were opened, and the many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered into the holy city and appeared to many. Now the centurion, who uh, and those who were keeping with him, keeping guard over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that happened that were happening, became very frightened and said, "Truly, this was the Son of God." Many women were there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee while ministering to him. And among them was Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. Let me read this with both the Matthew and the Luke accounts together. Okay. Um, let me do it this way. Now the centurion, starting in Matthew, and those who were keeping guard over Jesus when they saw the earthquake and the things that were happening became very frightened and said, Certainly, this is Luke, certainly this man was innocent. Back to Matthew Truly, this was the Son of God. Then back to Luke. And all the crowds who came together for this spectacle, when they observed what had happened, began to return, beating their breasts. Back to Matthew, uh, verse 55. Many women were there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee while ministering to him. And then back to Luke, the end of verse 49. The women that were there... We're standing at a distance seeing these things. So they, the, the women are seeing what's going on. Back to Matthew. And then among them was Mary and Mary and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. How terrifying is that spectacle? Right. Thank you for letting me do that, Zach. You're welcome. Now, this is coming out on Resurrection Sunday, this podcast. Mm -hmm. So we would be... It would be ill of us to not talk about the resurrection. We would itself. be remiss. Yeah. Now, I'll get to Luke and John's accounts because their accounts are actually pretty similar. Well, all the accounts are similar. All the accounts are similar, but which is gives credence to the Bible, right. honestly. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, so, let's go through the events. 
So Jesus has been buried. It is the first day of the week. Yep. Mary Magdalene and another Mary. Yeah. Mary Mary Magdalene and some of her friends, let's say. Yeah. Because I'm not going to try and keep those straight. <laughs> Got up. These are some friends of Jesus. So yeah. Some lady friends of Jesus. And they got up and had prepared some burial spices for mm -hmm. the body. Mm -hmm. And they were going to the... I'm going to read from Matthew 28. Uh-huh. Now, the day after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week, before of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold... There was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and rolled back the stone from from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. Mm -hmm. And the guards shook with fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel mm -hmm. of the Lord answered and, and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know who you seek. Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord, where the Lord lay. And, it, mm -hmm. and uh, verse 7 says, And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the from dead. Indeed, he goes, he is going before you into Galilee. Mm -hmm. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Yep. So, and the other, and some of the other accounts... The, the the Mary Mary and Mary Mary and whoever else was with them. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um got up real early in the morning, had gotten some burial spices and other things together mm -hmm. and were going to the tomb and along the way they were discussing, Oh, how will yeah. we roll the stone back? How will how we get will to the boat? Do it? Well, guess what? It was already done. On their way there. <laughs> An earthquake happened. Boom. Yep. Stones rolled away. Angel came up there. Angel came down and was just chilling on top of the stone. Mm -hmm. And I love verse 4 of Matthew 28. Yeah. And the guards shook with fear because uh, with fear of him. It became like dead men. Yep. <coughs> so you got this dude just... Yeah. Chilling. This guy is just like, yo. What's up? He's just there, and guess what? Guess what? Jesus is awake. Yep. <laughs> Jesus is awake, and the guards are asleep. Go tell the um, disciples. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So. You know, these, these guard people, these people who want Jesus dead are not doing a very good job. Right. You they, know what they're also not very good at? What? Not being annoyed, right? And guess what? And guess what happened? I got a to verse the, for this though. Yeah, guess what happened to the to the guards afterwards? They what? They got up. They saw Jesus was gone. Yep. They went to the chief priest and said, ah, "What do we do?" Mm -hmm. and the chief priest gave them money. Again. Hmm. Chief priest handed out. Wonder why money is the root of all evil, huh? Chief priest handed out money like they somewhere they're not they're not supposed to be. <laughs> Yeah, these these chief priests don't care at all. These these chief priests are not. They they gave them money to basically lie. Yeah. 
And say in the These middle. Yeah. So, so the lie, and then that lie is spread to this day. That is why Judaism still exists. Right. But now here's something interesting. Going back to um, going back to Pilate. Right. I love Pilate. Pilate I, I, I've been Pilate. distracted with looking up Pilate stuff. This is where my argument for Pilate being saved starts to come into play. Okay. John 19. Right. Okay. Uh, there's some details here in Jude, John 19. Uh, I'll start in verse 16. So it says, So he handed him over to be crucified after much, much deliberation. Okay. Uh, they took Jesus, therefore, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place uh, of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. Uh, there they crucified him and with him two other men, on one on either side and Jesus in between. Here we go. Now, Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. And it was written, Jesus the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. Therefore, many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. So Pilate just was just like... Pilate wrote it three times. Right. And... I believe that during crucifixions, and I could be wrong, y'all. If you, y'all who know me, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But usually during crucifixions, a this was this was a norm for the crucifixions was writing the uh, the the uh, the crime on mm -hmm. and posting it somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right, writing, mm -hmm. the, writing the crime down and posting it somewhere so you could walk up and say, oh, here's... This is what he did. Nathan Smith, he ate a blueberry on the Sabbath. No! You know what? If I took the vow of the Nazarite, I would have been crucified for eating a grape. Sorry, I'm getting excited, guys. You're getting excited. Um, so the only thing that Jesus is guilty of here is... Being a Nazarene, the king of the Jews. Jesus, the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. And it was written three times in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. As a, that's written as a definitive, guys. Right. That's definitive of who Jesus is. So the chief priests and the Jews were saying to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. But that he said, I am the king of the Jews. There's a difference there. But then Pilate answers them. And says, what I have written, I have written. At this point, Pilate's just done with them. Pilate's done with them. He, he's just like, okay, you, you've you basically forced me into crucifying him. Mm -hmm. Shut up and be glad he's dying. <laughs> but, but. Here's the thing. Uh, Pilate was not only just done with the chief priests. This could be, and correct me if you think this is a stretch, could this be an admittance of who Jesus might be? Hmm. Personally, I think this is written more out of spite for the chief priests. 
Sure. But if you look at church history after, uh, after this event, Pilate becomes... It's actually a little bit... History gives credence to Pilate becoming a church father in some ways. Right. Okay. Um, let me look this up. I wrote a paper on this once. Right. Um, oh. Uh, after the... Well, basically after the fall of Rome, actually, it probably would have been. Um, all right. Here we go. We'll go on Britannica. Uh, let's see. Um. <laughs> let's see. He was appointed prefect of Judea. Um. By Tiberius. And then he was protected by Sejanus, and then Pilate incurred the enmity of the Jews in the Roman occupied Palestine by insulting their religious sensibilities, as when he hung worship images of the emperor, blah blah blah. That was not quite what happened, I don't think. Um, oh, that was before the, the death of uh, Jesus. That's what that was. Uh, yeah. There's so much debate over Pilate. This guy. We could go on about Pilate for forever. Um. Anyways, church history actually does give a little bit of. Um, does it does give a little bit of credence to? Pilate potentially being a Christian and even possibly uh, starting a few churches. In fact, there's actually some religions in the Middle East that are based around, uh, very, very loosely based on uh, Pontius Pilate. So, I thought that was very interesting. Right. I would not... Uh, be surprised if he did. He would have been around to see what happened, all the events and everything. Right. And so, honestly, if I were Pilate and I saw what was going on, I would probably be looking to go get some, get some uh, of the ancient text, some of the Torah, some of the other scrolls right. that they had, and start reading. And he would have been able to read it all because it's recorded that he knew them all because he wrote Jesus, the King of the Jews, in three different languages. Right. So he had the knowledge for it. He had the knowledge. I'm just saying. Yeah. But anyway. So Sorry for that. It's all right. So um, there's evidence for Pilate being a Christian at some point. Mm-hmm. Back to the resurrection. Sorry. Because <laughs> um, this is why we're celebrating. I know. But anyway. Let's go back to the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Luke 24. Zach yeah. knows where I'm going. Yeah. But, yeah, Jesus just kind of poofs into the, the room and it was just like, hey, guys, I'm back. Freaks Let's everybody. See. 
How many people did Jesus freak out? Hold on. So Luke 24. Um, let's see. They, the guards are, get freaked out first. Then the women are like terrified. But then they end up going back and finding um, the apostles. But the apostles don't believe them. Um, and then Peter goes over there and then freaks out. And then there's these two dudes that are walking, uh, going to Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And Jesus is just kind of there. Jesus just approached. And then they ask about, look at Jesus. So Luke 24, 16, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. These two dudes go to Emmaus. And then he says to them, Jesus says to them, what are these things? Uh, what are these words? Whoa. It's being loud. I told it to be quiet. I don't know who it is. It's an 816 number, though. Um, he says to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stand still, looking sad. And Cleopas says, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of what just happened? And Jesus is just like, what things? Totally not knowing. Completely, like, just, mm-hmm. eh, what, you know, what, what happened? Yeah. Anyway. And then you get down past all of this. Um, and then they freak out. So when he had reclined at the table with them, verse 30, he took the bread and blessed it. He broke it and began giving it to him. And their eyes were opened and he recognized, they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining us the scriptures to us? And then they left and found, uh, they found the 11 and they tried to tell them that he rose. Now, here's the thing. They might still be here. Because it says in Luke 24, verse 36, While they were telling these things, he himself stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be to you. Now, here's the thing. The two dudes that were from Emmaus were actually in the room with the eleven. Right. It never says they left. It actually says while they were telling these things. Who are they? Well, they began to relate their experience... And they are the two dudes. Everyone forgets about those two dudes. Everyone mm. forgets about the details of the scripture, right. including myself. And it says in verse, I love verse 36. Now, now, as they said to these, these things, Jesus himself stood in their midst. No explanation how. Nope. Just Jesus was there. Peace be <laughs> to you. Just like, Jesus was there. Yo, what's up, my homies? Uh-huh. <laughs> he freaks everybody out. Dude, if I were for, Jesus, I'd be doing this 24-7. Verse 37. But they were terrified and frightened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And thought they were seeing a spirit. And then Jesus is like, well, well why are you troubled? Why did doubts arise in your hearts? Oh, see, look at, look at, look at my hands and feet. It's it, that it is I myself. Oh, you know what? You know what? Zach, Zach. Touch me and see me, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see what that I have. Na 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 boo boo. 
And we have way too much fun with this chapter, y'all. This chapter, I love Luke 24. He showed them his hands and feet, and while they still could not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, Guys, I'm hungry. <laughs> and so they give him a piece of fish, and he eats it. And then he says, Now these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all these... The all things that which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And he then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So he starts <laughs> teaching them again. And he said to them, Thus it is written that Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day. Hey, stupid. I was telling you I this. told you this before, but just to remind you, I'm alive. And that the repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. By the way, you guys are witnesses of these things, and behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are too stupid to understand. I mean, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. The <laughs> I love how... I love I, this chapter. Okay, okay. I would... I don't want to see... Uh, Jesus isn't evil, y'all. No. But I love how Jesus takes uh, advantage of the ability he's given to him now. That is so funny. If I could go back to Luke 24 or 36. Oh now, as they were gosh. saying these things, Jesus. He's like, hey, bros. But anyway. Now, you know what I'm about to do. What? And Zach's having me pull my phone out. I want to read this in the Hawaiian Pigeon, Zachary. All right. Zachary, do you want me to do it or do you want to do it? Oh, by all means, go ahead. Okay, I, you know I'm excited for this. In case you guys don't know, the Hawaiian Pigeon is a pigeon Bible. It's legitimate. It's It was done by Wycliffe Bible Translators. Yep. And it is possibly... A friend of, us, of ours showed this to us. Literally the greatest thing of all time. Yeah. Luke 24, 36. This is real, I promise. When they tell Jesus guys this, oh, Jesus stand there with them. He tell them, no scared. I like you guys. They all good inside. But they scared for real kind. They think they see in one ghost. How tell them, how come you guys all scared? How come you don't trust me? Look at my hands and my feet. Try to touch me and see this me for sure. One ghost, no more bones and skin like you guys see I get. He showed them his hands and feet. They still know stiff, sure as for real kind, cause they all hammerjang inside. They all hammerjang inside. They feel real good inside, but at the same time, they stay all max out. He tell them, "You guys get something for eat." They give him one cooked fish. He take them and eat them in front of them. And tell him, all this happened just like I went tell you guys when I stay with you. Everything Moses went right inside the rules and everything the other guy that went talk for God went right down. And everything that get inside the songs for God, the Psalms, all the stuff that stay from before time inside the Bible, all that talk about me. Everything they went right going happen. This is a real translation guy. Guys, this actually helped me understand this passage so much more. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we need to wrap up. I here. think we. Yeah, I think we're done. <laughs> um, Y'all. Um, in summary, 
the greatest betrayal in history led to the greatest miscarriage of justice in mm. history, which led to the greatest, the most tragic death in history. Mm-hmm. But that led to the greatest miracle in history. Ooh. It did. Yep. Because I want to end with First Corinthians 15. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, because, guess what? That's what, that's what the resurrection of Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And people, people might say, oh, Jesus resurrected people before. Come on, people. Come on, guys. Come on. Jesus raised Lazarus. He said Lazarus from Jesus forth. Jesus did it. Come forth. Nobody came out and said, Jesus, come forth. Well, all we got was an angel chilling on top of the, on top of the stone. Yep. Look at guys. First Corinthians fifteen one through five. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received, and which you also stand, by which you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, which is Isaiah fifty three, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, again Isaiah, but that, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and then to uh, 500 more people. He appears to James, the apostles. He appears to Paul. Guys? If you want to be saved, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved because of what Jesus did for you. Not of your not of your own works, lest any man should boast. Yeah. Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus, and have a happy Resurrection Day, y'all. Yeah. Have a happy Easter. Enjoy time with family with Easter eggs and candy. Enjoy some candy. Don't get diabetes. But but remember what. People people say there is a reason for the season during Christmas a lot. There's a reason for Easter as well, y'all. Ooh, there you go. I like that. And I think that's where it will end. Jesus is the reason. All right, guys. We went way long, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it as well. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Peace.